Hi everyone, I'm your host, Jaco Selka, and you are listening to Hopefully Sustainable. Each week, I'm going to talk to extraordinary people who are doing extraordinary things to make the world a more sustainable place. My goal is for this episode to leave you feeling hopeful about an idea, a person, or the world in general. Thank you for joining me in this conversation, and all together we can be hopefully sustainable. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Hopefully Sustainable. I hope that you are having a great day so far, and happy first week of October. I can't believe that this year is already coming to an end, and today is the 19th episode that I will be releasing of Hopefully Sustainable. I started this podcast earlier this year, and I really didn't know what to expect, but so far I've had the best time talking to everyone and getting to speak and learn from all of these incredible individuals who are out there fighting climate change and working to make the world a better place for all. I want to take a quick second and thank everyone who has followed along with Hopefully Sustainable so far. Whether this is your very first episode or you've listened to every single episode, I'm really thankful that you're here today. I hope that you have learned something new from an episode or that you have left feeling more hopeful about a person, an idea, or the world in general. If you want to support the podcast, you can go to Apple Podcasts and search Hopefully Sustainable and either leave a rating or a review. When you leave a review, it really helps the podcast get seen by more and more people. Also, if you would like to share the podcast on social media, tag at Hopefully Sustainable Pod. Now, getting into today's episode, I'm speaking with four members of Green Cell Atlanta, which is a grassroots organization working amongst their family, friends, and local community to increase environmental awareness and to teach people how they can be more sustainable in their personal lives. In the first half of the episode, I get to speak with the two co-founders of Green Cell Atlanta, Pankaj and Sandesh. They're going to talk about the origin of Green Cell, the response that they've received from the community, and the various projects that they have been able to accomplish with the other members of Green Cell Atlanta. For the second half of the episode, I get to talk with two of the youth members of Green Cell Atlanta, Mihita and Akila. They are both two very inspiring youth members who are going to make a huge difference in this world one day. They have already made a difference in their local communities and in their schools. They're going to talk about some of the personal projects that they've done, and I just left this episode feeling so much more hopeful about the world. I know we've talked in previous episodes about the power of youth and how they are really leading the fight against climate change. I felt that was very true after speaking with Mihitha and Akila because they are already so passionate about the work that they do, and they're out there training the next generation to become more aware about climate change and how they can become more sustainable in their own lives. I think the work that Green Cell Atlanta is doing is super impactful, and we talk a lot on the podcast about how Individual actions can really make a big difference, and Green Cell Atlanta is a great example of that. 
I think their organization is a very scalable organization that could be implemented in various cities and communities across the U.S. and across the world. So I hope you enjoy the episode and that you take something away from the episode that you could potentially implement in your own community or amongst your own family and friends. So let's get started. Today, I am speaking with the two founders of Green Cell Atlanta, and they are an incredible group that is doing some amazing work in the sustainability space in Atlanta, Georgia. And we are going to be talking to the two of them and then later jumping into meeting some of the youth that are involved with this organization. So let's go ahead and get started. Can you both introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about who you are? Sure. Uh, my name is Pankaj Rajankar uh, and uh, me, uh, along with Sandesh, uh, we started Green Cell uh, about a year ago. Um, and uh, it, it, it is an organization, uh, we, we try or we call ourselves a grassroots organization. So we are um, trying to bring changes in the lives of common people. So uh, when, when we talk with common, uh, common folks, uh, a ton of carbon for them doesn't mean something. So, uh, but that doesn't mean that uh, they, they don't want to be sustainable. So that, that is where uh, the thinking of Green Cell is. Sandesh? Yeah, uh, my name is Sandesh Shinde. Uh, so along with Pankaj, we kind of started this uh, group, uh, Green Cell. Uh, more than a year ago, as Pankaj said, uh, the the thought behind the group was that uh, everyday person has to think sustainability. Uh, it cannot be just something which we see on the TV, hear in the news, and just be done with it. Uh, this affects each of us, and we contribute to the problem, each of us, uh, in big and small ways. Uh, so that's what got us started um, over, over the last few months. Great. Can you talk about who the target audience or who is involved with Green Cell that is trying to improve their sustainability? Yeah. So uh, during our course of, uh, you know, uh, one of our main uh, founding principles is raising awareness. And we have been uh, doing a lot of campaigns, different uh, uh, presentations at many different events. In fact, we did almost uh, more than uh, one event per week last year. Uh, and through that, we have been reaching literally dozens and hundreds of families uh, throughout the local uh, Atlanta area. And uh, that, that's what our focus point is, that unless we change individuals and families in the way they think, the way they consume, uh, then large scale changes will be difficult to achieve because individuals, when they get better at becoming greener at homes in their personal life, can lead to make organization level changes, community level changes, government level changes. So that's how we are uh, looking at this grassroots uh, raising awareness. Yes, that individual action is so important because it really does add up to make big changes. So I think that's a really important focus of your organization. Can you talk about some of the work that you all have done so far or go into detail on some of those campaigns that you mentioned? Uh, absolutely. So. Um... So when we raise awareness, the second pillar of our organization is action. So when we talk about action, um, uh, just by raising awareness, uh, 
is is not enough. When you go and uh, talk about a problem, there has to be a solution. So um, some of the projects that we have done are, uh, for example, um, one of the thing we noticed is uh, the parties that we have. Uh, after a family party, there are four bags of trash. Uh, that is more trashed than what I generate or my family generates in six months. So whatever uh, sustainability or whatever conscious living that you did uh, for six months is now gone out of the window in, 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 in a single night. Um, so if, if you talk about this with your friends, they all understand the problem, but there is no solution to it. So we, we try to come up with solutions for problems. So one of the first uh, pr uh, projects that we did was we created a utensil bank. Uh, what that bank does is we have set of um, dinnerware, we have set of uh, water containers that we loan out for free. So anybody who um, who is interested in having a party, uh, they call our phone number, they reserve the utensils, they use it, they return it back. It's like a friendly loan that uh, I'm loaning some set of utensils to my friends, they use it, they return it back. Um, we we started very small. We had uh, we had set of fifty utensils, and the response we got was amazing. So, for the last uh, nine months of last year, when we ran this pre-COVID, um, we were able to reduce about hundred thousand single-use utensils. Because we, even though we started with that just fifty sets of utensils. People who used it uh, liked the idea. They started donating money, and our uh, our utensil bank grew. And now we have I, I, like 400, 500 sets of uh, utensils. So now we can support huge parties. <laughs> so yeah, that 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 is one thing. Um, another project we keep uh, we do is in our county. Um, uh, glass recycling, you cannot drop off glass in your uh, home recycling bin. So there are about five, six neighborhoods where what we do is our volunteers collect the glass from uh, their neighbors and we go to the county recycling center and drop it. So uh, we, we involve our youth in uh, projects like this. Um, uh, another big project uh, that we do is our youth uh, wing. And you are you are going to talk with our uh, youth members today, so they, they they will update you about the projects that they do. Uh, Sandesh, any other project you can think of? Yeah, we also uh, have been uh, kind of collaborating with uh, small and big events. One of the events that we uh, collaborated with last year was one one of the very popular races in in Forsyth County here in Georgia. Uh, there were more than about 3,500 racers. Uh, it is like a 5K, 10K marathon, very friendly atmosphere. Uh, but typically, it, there is a lot of waste that got generated over the earlier years events uh, due to the water being distributed and uh, snacks being distributed and stuff like that. Uh, but then last year, we collaborated with them and we changed the way the water was dispensed out to the racers, to the families who came there. Um, in, in uh, paper cups instead of plastic, single-use plastic bottles. Because typically when you see a bottle, a 500 ml bottle will be two sips and then it is thrown away. 
So there's a lot of water wastage, there's a lot of plastic wastage, obviously. And not many were going in recycling, so it was a complete you know, landfill uh, waste generated. Um, so we switched, we used reusable containers, some of our volunteers volunteered to fill cups for, for the racers. So that saved almost uh, more than 3,000 uh, single-use plastic water bottles, just the bottles. And then we also collected the banana peels that for the bananas that were distributed. So another about 100 pounds of banana peels were collected, sent to composting. And we also helped with making sure all the cardboard waste that is generated there is properly uh, stacked and flattened and everything and sent to uh, recycling. So we, we streamlined the whole waste management effort there. Uh, and then also that motivated a lot of families that came there. Uh, and it translated into bigger uh, individual changes. Uh, that's, that has been our mainstay. So through the big events like this, we, we not only achieve a specific goal for a specific event, but also reach out to larger and larger uh, set of uh, community families. I know that you all also have partnered with some of the local temples. Could you all talk about those partnerships? Sure, yeah. So uh, there are a couple of big projects that we uh, did with the temples. One is uh, we uh, one of the temples has a large land space and they they uh, wanted to become very self-sustainable. Uh, so they do some kind of cooking there for their, you know, uh, the uh, distribution of food for either charity or something else. So they wanted to have a lot of vegetables growing. So we, we have made almost like an uh, almost a one and a half year long project where we would be planting and helping them make that whole area more sustainable, growing a lot of fruit trees, vegetables and uh, other related uh, items. And also make sure that all the waste that gets generated is composted on site uh, every day as the waste gets generated. And then it goes back to the land. So it becomes a very closed looped self-sustaining model where very little is procured from outside. No extra fertilizers needed, no extra mulching or compost needed. Everything becomes self-sustaining. So that, that's an amazing uh, project that we have on our hand. Um, also, so one of the other temple was looking at ways to uh, reduce their waste because typically in most of the uh, Indian temples, there is a distribution of food and that happens through disposable uh, uh, like styrofoam plates, uh, plastic forks and spoons. Uh, so we tried to motivate them to make that shift that, uh, you know, there could be a multi-level uh, solution on how that can waste can be reduced or at least shifted to a more eco-friendly waste. And also, again, if there is composting on site, then some of those compostable disposables can actually go into the compost and then it circles back into the same land. It doesn't go too far away. Uh, yeah, so those were a couple of our highlight projects, I would say. What would you say the feedback or responses that you all have received has been like? Is it pretty positive overall or what are you hearing from the people that you're working with? Uh, so the feedback is uh, feedback is mixed, I would say. Um, there are there are people who who are aware of the problem, and they want to be a part of the solution. So uh, just the temple example that Sandesh just mentioned. When we started working at the kitchen where food is distributed, um, uh, some people would come and talk with us, and one of the proposed solution was bring your own plates. So next week when you come to the temple, bring your own plates, bring your own spoon. And some people started doing it. So we, we were sort of trying to see like, what, what is the response for that? 
in in the by the fourth week we were seeing that about 10% of the people were bringing their own plates so we we see positive change and then there is also the other other side where uh, for for some people it it doesn't matter it's 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 too inconvenient so the entire i think uh, sustainability uh, revolves around doing something that is easy something that is convenient because for um, anything that uh, if you try to do something sustainable there there is one extra effort there is an extra step you carrying your own bottle you carrying your own spoon somewhere then washing it then bringing it back uh, the other option is too easy just chuck it away right so that is the change that is the change that we as people have to do and unless we do these smaller changes we cannot ask for the bigger change and the bigger problem that is there won't happen so we 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 look at it in that way uh, the response uh, is uh, uh, positive in many ways as in uh, uh, people uh, uh, we we see that in our fundraising people donate with with their open hearts uh, we see the words of encouragement that we get uh, we also um, uh the response that we get from our youth that's another positive thing that we see that when we see the next generation putting in their efforts uh working working on this issue we 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 see that uh, glimmer of hope that we can work together and 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 make a change for uh, on this issue uh, sorry we just wanted to add one more thing very very cute example one of our volunteers her daughter is 5 uh, years old and she always obviously listens to her mom being on green cell calls and talking about this sustainability and all that so she is so motivated she actually started her own like doing paintings and making posters for us for an event and she's like okay what i'm going to do is i'm going to be a green cell volunteer that's her like mission in life right so it it makes a huge difference when we can make the mind of a 5 year old to think sustainable and and more importantly think that this is important to do and that my parent or my uh, somebody i looked up to is actually getting involved to making sure that the planet the future planet that they will be living as adults will be sustainable and livable yeah definitely i think we have to always start small and i think once more people start seeing the work you're doing and the positive effects that it has and by you all leading by example more people will want to get involved and more people will want to start making changes so we have to start somewhere and those individual actions really add up like we talked about in the beginning of the episode so as we come to the end of this part of the episode i like to ask all of my guests what they are hopeful about and i think you all are really instilling a lot of hope in the local community and and you talked about all of the youth and i think we can find a lot of hope in them and we're going to get into that in a little bit but what are you all hopeful about so this is this is a um this is a very broad question right uh and there there are there are two aspects of it uh the hu- uh, and and it's related with human nature so when we look at a big problem or a um a uh, thing like climate change or sustainability um there are a lot of things that are going wrong and once you once you once you are aware of the problem you you see uh, you realize 
the the scope of the work that is needed and when you see that nothing is changing it it can it can impact a person negatively so it it can it can be difficult to be aware of it and keep the positive uh, attitude so um we, the hope comes from the other other side of human nature right humans are uh we are innovative we when we come together and when we apply uh to a issue we can we can make amazing changes so that is where my hope is uh and and that's the reason we work at the grassroots level is um unless the citizens ask for the change the business and government doesn't change so the change will never come from uh, business or uh, or the government side when when it's a difficult question if if it is something that benefits business it, it will happen very quickly if it is something that benefits the government it will happen very quickly but if it is something that is long term it's a difficult problem the people have to ask for it and people have to fight for it so that is where uh, my hope comes from is these day to day interactions that we have with the kids with organizations with people uh, and and the changes that happen uh, one example i would give is the the race that we talked about earlier uh, after the race we were doing clean up and uh, just a casual conversation with the organizing team uh, and we mentioned that every year you give out medals and t-shirts um some people who run every year like a, there is a very small group for them those things are valuable they 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 have a closet they keep all the medals but there is a big big number of people who just throw it away after they go go home we just had that conversation and this year when they send out the invite for uh, dream mile the the race there were two options you could register for with t-shirt and medal and there was a cheaper option that was uh, without the medal and t-shirt so uh, just that one conversation in like um, it it was a casual conversation we did not suggest that you put this option in but that gives me hope that somewhere somebody else is also thinking about this and we all can go sustainable like if we if we apply ourselves to it yeah just to add to it uh, the business aspect of it it's very important that large corporations make the change and i think it has becoming a norm in the recent couple of years that sustainability is no more a back burning item in companies agendas it has become come to the forefront and you can see in re recent examples like big companies like google and apple and microsoft big tech companies are actually having goals to become carbon neutral by in 10 years 5 years 15 years they have a full fledged plan which they are executing against because they see that without that even they can't survive long term right if somebody is looking for a really long term horizon then there is no other way other than trying to be sustainable whether it's a family it's an organization it's a big multi uh, multi uh, continent company like uh, these big giants so that's a very hopeful sign Uh, unless the big players are really stepping up and that should make it much more easier for everyday citizen to step up
Well, I'm really glad that we got to learn about all of the work that Green Cell Atlanta is doing. I think that your organization is very scalable and this is something that people in cities across the US and across the world could start to implement in their own neighborhoods and within their own communities. So thank you for taking the time to talk with us today and talk about all of the great work that you all are doing. And now we are going to transition into talking to some of the youth members who are a part of Green Cell Atlanta. Would you guys like to introduce them and tell us a little bit about who we're going to be talking to? Sure. So, uh, Jaiko, before we switch on to the youth, I would like to thank you for inviting us. And uh, I would also like to thank you for what you're doing. Um, so this is a important part, like uh, the way your uh, podcast is connecting the community on sustainability is extremely important. So that connection and that awareness uh, is what will help us, uh, uh, everybody who thinks on things about sustainability, uh, grow and uh, it will it will bring the community up to speed. So thank you for what you're doing. Um, from our youth um, club, uh, the students or the youth members who are joining today. Uh, two of them are uh, going to join us. So uh, one is Mihika uh, and she is a senior and the other student is Akhila. Uh, they both are um, core members of our youth um, who have uh, who uh, who have been uh, who have been working on multiple projects. Uh, most recently, they did a amazing summer workshop for uh, for the kids to raise um, uh, raise awareness about uh, about environmental issues. So I'll, I'll I'll let them talk more about what they did and describe uh, what what it was. Great. Well, I'm really excited to talk to them, and thank you again for being here today. All right, everyone. I'm excited to transition to talking to two of the youth members of Green Cell Atlanta. So you both can go ahead and introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about who you are. All right. Hi, everyone. My name is Mahita. I am a senior at Alliance Academy. I have been a member of Green Cell Youth for about two years, and it's one of my favorite hobbies and activities. Hello, um, my name is Akila Kutapali. I'm currently a sophomore at Denmark High School and I have been a part of Green Cell for about one year now. And it's a organization that I joined because I'm very interested in doing everything I can to help our environment. Great, so you both hit on it a little bit, but how did you hear about Green Cell or how did you become involved? So uh, my mother was actually a part of the adult organization. So I've been with Green Cell from the beginning. The youth program came about a little bit later. So I was like, woohoo, I'm joining. So <laughs> that was it for me. As soon as there was a youth program, I was like, I'm in. <laughs> awesome. For me, um, I went to this uh, recycling, not this recycling event, but it was just an event in general. And um, someone there told me about Green Cell and said that I should check it out. So I went to one of the Green Cell meetings and I was immediately drawn. And so I decided to join their youth group. And I'm loving it so far. So it's great. What kind of projects do you all work on? Or what kind of things are you getting involved in with Green Cell? So 
uh, we have, you know, some kind of individual projects where it's just we work with our schools and our county to make changes. And some of them is like group projects. So me and Akila, we both work together to make uh, like a summer camp for kids over the summer, obviously. But, and it was about different topics. So Akila, if you want to talk about that. Right. So, um, all of us had different topics and there would be different days where we would talk about each topic. Like for example, uh, I would talk to kids about recycling and in our summer camp, we would just do like a little introduction to recycling, how to recycle. And we would really do activities and like hands-on based learning. So kids could really understand how to recycle and understand like what it is exactly they are doing. And also it was like important in our summer camp to teach them like, this is not a solution. It's just a temporary solution to a long-term problem, something like that. And Mahi, you know, she does a lot in our county. We live in the same county. She does a lot with our county, which is like amazing. I can't even think about going county level. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, sure. So this was a project I had done last year before COVID took over the world. But it was so our cafeteria, they have utensil packages where you have the spoon and fork and everything all wrapped up. Mm -hmm. And I decided that this was a problem that we could that I could fix. So because this, to think about it, a kid who like I forget if I forget my utensils at home, I go and I grab that whole kit. And if I just need a spoon, I'm throwing away the rest of the fork and knife and plastic wrap and everything. And even if for some reason I need the whole kit, there's that wrap on the outside that's also being thrown away and it's not needed. Mm -hmm. So uh, the, the solution that I came up with was to switch to separate dispensers, like a fork dispenser, a spoon dispenser, and a knife dispenser. Because again, if you just need one utensil, you can grab that one utensil and there was no wrap anywhere. So uh, we, my eco club created a petition and we petitioned with our school body and with the whole county. And once we got that support, we were able to present first to my school principal and my school cafeteria manager. And after that, we presented it to our county director, uh, county director of nutrition. And he was very supportive of our project. And we got approval to place these dispensers, not just in our school, but the whole county. Oh, wow. That's incredible. It's one of the projects that I'm very proud that I was able to help reduce so much plastic waste. Yeah, that's amazing that you saw a problem and came up with a solution and were able to scale it across the whole county. It just shows how one person can really make a big difference. Thank you. In the youth camps that you guys have, what were the reactions of some of the kids that you all worked with? So... We were really surprised just how much kids loved it. They loved learning about it. They loved doing the activities. They were engaged the whole time. And that's what we were really hoping for. Because, I mean, nowadays it's so hard to keep kids' attentions for that <laughs> yes. long. So that's something we were really happy about, that they were engaged and they were so willing to learn about these problems. That's great. That gives me a lot of hope that your generation and the generation after yours is so passionate and engaged in finding solutions to climate change. 
that kind of leads into my next question. I want to zoom out a little bit outside of Green Cell. You both are in high school, and I'm interested to find out your opinions on how you think your generation and people in your grade view the issue of climate change and um, sustainable solutions. Um, personally, for me, I think for my generation, it's affected us the most. Like, we're constantly, especially like, you know, since we have access to information to our fingertips and we're always on our phones, we see the stuff that's happening. Like, oh, California is literally on fire right now and ice caps are literally melting. Like, we don't have much time to fix all this stuff and we need to like do something right now. And I feel like my generation, we're very serious about this and you can like see like my inspiration is like you know you see Greta Thunberg doing all these protests and really talking to like all of these like high-end like I'm, I don't want to say politicians but I think that's the word for it and she's really going to the government and like something that I personally did was I emailed our um our state senator and you know I said stuff about climate change and how we need to really get on it because we don't have time for this and like we need to fix things right now and i didn't get a response back but i think he did read it or his secretary or something and yeah and you have to start somewhere and definitely try those types of things see i think that it's true we do have a lot of people even on our generation who care but i also think that there is a good number of us who either we just don't have time to care or because high school is stressful. And if you're on top of everything you have to do, if somebody's telling you, hey, go care about ice caps melting or the state across the nation is on fire, then it's not as easy for some, especially in our area, to understand why do we care. And I think for those of us who know, like people in Green Cell or in any kind of environmental organization, for those of us who know and care, it's our job to make sure that we get everybody's support on this. Because this is a problem everyone needs to work together for. There's no like, oh, I'll worry about it later or it's not my problem. Like that doesn't exist here. It's everyone's problem. Mm, yes. I know you just mentioned that in our area of Forsyth County in Atlanta, that it can be a little bit of a challenge because there's a lot of people around us who don't necessarily believe in climate change or see the importance of these solutions. How do you both um, handle the people around you who don't see these problems as big as you all see them to be? I think it's just looking at the facts. Like there's science and there's hardcore evidence that suggests that, hey, climate change is real. These effects are real. And maybe it's not, you know, Forsyth County or Atlanta, but the Mississippi River, just two states down, it's been flooding like crazy. And that's a direct effect of climate change. And, you know, all these rising temperatures, even near us, where we can feel, that's all resulting of climate change. So that's looking at that science and bringing that science and that facts to people is the best way, I think, to get people who just don't care or they don't know to realize that it is a problem. Right. For me, I personally, like, for me, I just say, like, it's it's been getting hotter you know like most of the time when i talk to people i'm like you step outside and 
Every time we see, oh my God, this is the hottest summer ever recorded in history. And we just constantly see that happening. It's getting hotter and hotter and hotter and it's not normal. It shouldn't be happening at this speed or like this at all. So that's the argument I use most of the time when I'm talking to people about climate change. On this podcast, I've interviewed a few other youth members who are just making such incredible change around the world. And a lot of them face critics, I guess you could say, who don't believe that youth have the power to make a difference or they try to use that as something to bring us down and make us think that we don't have the ability to make change. What do you all use to encourage you against those critics? And what would you say to someone who doesn't think that youth have the power to make a difference? So in our camp over the summer, the biggest thing we focused on was how do youth make the difference? Like how do kids like us who don't have political power or money, too much of it yet, (laughs) make such a big difference? And the biggest thing we focused on is, you know, not all of us are going to be Greta Thunberg and go give speeches to the UN, but that's fine. If we can make changes in our own lives, and just maybe convince one or two friends, that's fine. You've already made such a big impact on your local environment, on your local community, and every single step like that is a huge, you know, it makes a huge impact. If we can just change our our own lives and just the people around us, then that's enough to help change the world. Yeah, definitely, because in our camp we did this summer, when I was doing my recycling session, a lot of kids were shocked to hear that, you know, certain materials we couldn't recycle, or they were shocked to hear what was actually happening to our planet. So we had this way where we could communicate with the kids, and they told us that they were making, you know, lifelong changes like oh i'm no longer purchasing plastic bags i'm using reusable bags for as long as i live on this planet so like you know you really see these kids making all these differences just because you spoke to them about it like that's you know you already made a big difference what are your goals for the future i know that you are both moving through high school right now so as you finish out the rest of your high school career and move on into the future, what are your goals and what would you all like to accomplish? I guess it would just be to educate as many people as I can with the situation at hand and help as many people as I can really transition into this eco-friendly type of life that we should be living and just speaking to as many people as I can about the problem at hand. So I'm more into like, I like engineering and science and stuff. So one of the things I think would be the best would be, I want to help create technology or energy efficient, you know, material and uh, technology, because that's, I think, one of the best way to help, you know, mitigate climate change. So that's where I want to go. I want to help, you know, with the innovation side of it. Great. Well, There's two exciting events coming up that Green Cell is hosting. There is another camp that's going to be happening for kids. And then there is also a webinar coming up. Would you all like to give us a little preview of what those events are going to be like? Right. So on the 26th um, in September, we have a recycling webinar for kids, basically to educate kids about recycling, what are the materials that we can recycle, 
what happens to our materials when they are recycled, where do they go, and um, how we can better make choices in stores so we purchase better things so we can avoid recycling as a whole. So that's like the webinar. Mahi, do you want to talk about the camp? Yeah, so in November, we are we had a huge success with our summer camps and we were able to reach so many people through this, you know, this format. So in November, we are conducting another camp and it'll be a similar format to the ones that we had in summer, but most likely it'll be different topics. And we will be, you know, teaching the kids about them, giving them activities related to them so that they can develop their own interests in environmental sustainability. Thank you. Well, these events sound really exciting. And I think that the work you all are doing in the community and especially with these kids is so impactful because they're all going to become so energized and excited. And that makes me really hopeful that all these kids and that you both are going to be leading the change and leading the fight against climate change as we move into the future. As we come to the end of the episode, I like to ask everyone what they are hopeful about. I know that climate change and all of the problems that we're facing in our world right now can be very overwhelming and bleak at times. So to provide a little hope, what are you both hopeful about? So I like to talk about my project. So when I was presenting to my school and to the county, I got very little resistance. There was, I mean, one or two issues about hygiene, but there was no resistance in terms of, you know, do we need to care about the plastic waste? Everyone who I spoke to, they were all like, yeah, we understand this is a problem. Plastic waste is a problem. And we will do whatever we can to help you reduce waste. And I thought that, like, because I was prepared to have all these arguments about, like, no, this is important. This is this thing. And I didn't need to do any of that. And that makes me really hopeful that, you know, there are people who, you know, have authority and are in that position to make help make changes and they're willing to do it. And that gives me a lot of hope. Right, yeah, like definitely when you see people, especially for me, when I see AOC speaking about like the Green New Deal and all these other things, it gives me hope that there are people who are in power and they are implementing these changes and actually speaking about it. And so we can actually make a difference and we can actually fix things and get somewhere with this. Another thing too is like, when we were hosting the camp, we were expecting 20 kids. And just by minimal advertising, we had a couple of posters, but we got almost 100 kids, more than 100 kids with, in between both of our sessions. And the fact that so many kids, you know, kids our generation and even younger than us are so willing and so interested to learn and to do something that also gives me a lot of hope because this our generation is the one that has to deal with this and we need to be willing to do something about it. Yes, definitely. Well, that is a great way to end the episode. Thank you both for all of the work that you're doing with Green Cell Atlanta and in your own communities and with all of the children. It's so impactful and it gives me a lot of hope to know that there are people out there in the community having this grassroots level of change. So thank you for being here today. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to today's episode. 
If you want to learn more about today's guest or just say hello, check out the show notes and find us on Instagram at hopefullysustainablepod. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. As you finish this episode, remember that we are all on a personal journey to make the world a better place, but it's all about progress, not perfection. Until next time, stay hopeful and stay sustainable.